I do mean it very sincerely. Thank you, Brother Holmes, for coming. Um, he's had a very, very busy day. They had an unexpected death in their church, which required him to be a part of a funeral this morning that limited him from being able to leave and come early. So he's been very busy and on the road today. I appreciate you not canceling. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm confident the Lord is going to use you tonight to preach to us the wonderful word of the Lord. Thank you for being my friend, and thank you for the prayer and consecration you've put in to making this service what it's going to be tonight. I love you. I honor you. Come give us the word. Come on, let's give God praise in this house. to be here tonight and I appreciate the invitation Brother Townley thank you for uh, asking me to come be here tonight I do count it a great honor I take it very seriously and I am uh, just humbled that you would extend the invitation to me it's always good to see uh, the men of God here I give honor to Brother McDaniel Brother Lyle God bless them and of course all the ministers that are here tonight I give honor to you as well. And I tell you what, I had the distinguished conference uh, preacher chauffeuring me down here, and he really did get me full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, we prayed through. And then, young man from my church, also a cousin, Brother Ashland Bourne, is here with me tonight. I appreciate him coming. Second Samuel chapter 23. I promise you I won't hold you very long uh, and keep you away from the food. I'm hungry too. so And I definitely want to eat Sister Townley's etouffee. So I won't be long. But I do feel like the Lord has put something in my spirit. And I hope that I can uh, share, relay, transfer what the Spirit has uh, impressed upon me. 2 Samuel 23, verse 9. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Hoyhite, one of the three mighty men with David. And when they defied the Philistines that were there, gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away, he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. His hand clave unto the sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. I want to preach just for a few moments tonight. Don't let go. Don't let go. Could we lift our hands and ask the Holy Ghost to be in this house? Lord Jesus, we need you. God, I pray you would anoint me to preach your word tonight. Anoint this congregation to hear your word, Lord. Oh, let us all respond to the word of God with open hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. 
Come on, why don't you lift your voice like a trumpet? Come on, shout unto God with victory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. The last words of King David are recorded in the 23rd chapter of 2 Samuel. David is recounting some of the highlights from his kingship over Israel. And in this portion of scripture, he lists three of his mighty men. The first is Adino, and then the one we read about tonight, Eleazar, and then the third is Shammah. David gives a quick synopsis of each one of these men and their greatest accomplishment. Adino, he used his spear to slay 800 men at one time. Eleazar used his sword to wrought a great victory for Israel. And Shammah defended his lentil patch by standing up and slaying the Philistines. We don't know a whole lot about the battle that is mentioned in 2 Samuel chapter 23, but there are a few details that you can cross-reference over in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 11. And we understand that these mighty men weren't so mighty when they first came to David. In fact, when they came to David, David was in the lowest point of his life. And these men were willing to become outlaws for David's sake. They decided it would be better to risk their lives for the anointed one than to service the carnal king of Israel. Not only did David have to defend himself against King Saul, but he also had to protect himself from the enemies of Israel, those peoples with whom uh, Israel was willing to coexist. I'll just put a side note in tonight. We don't need to coexist with the enemy. We don't need to live right along with the enemy. We need to do what the scripture tells us to do. We need to have complete and total victory. From this passage of scripture, we can gather a few facts. We understand that there was only two men there that day in battle, David and Eleazar. We know that they were overwhelmed with a great number of Philistines. And we can determine that all the support had fled from the battle site. But when the dust had settled and when the swords had been put away and the spears had been put away and the dust was settled, the Philistines had been leveled to the ground and there stood two men, David and Eleazar, who were, re who were willing to stand up and to not back down to the enemy. I've come to preach to some young people tonight and tell you, though the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard. It's time for you to fight. It's time for you to get up and say, I'm not backing down. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. I will fight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There is one detail that David included in his brief synopsis. Imagine mighty men of Israel 
and yet there's just a little brief reference to them. But I, I find it interesting that David included this. He said, and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. If you look it up a little bit and you go a little deeper down into the language, you understand that that word clave, it literally means to join by soldering. In other words, Eleazar's hand and the hilt of the sword were soldered together just as one would take two pieces of metal. The Bible says that his hand was joined to his sword. He had something that he had decided, I refuse to let go. I am not letting go. The Bible says that a miraculous thing happened. His hand was fused to his sword. Hallelujah. Even when you're weary, young person, you don't need to let go. Even when the battle gets hot, that's not the time to let go. That's time to hold on. Hold on stronger. Somebody needs to shout with a great voice. Come on. Come on, young people. Come on. Oh, I understand. I understand how it works. I understand the battle gets hot. The intimidation is put on. And everybody's snickering and laughing. And the devil is in your face. And the enemy is large and looming. And you wonder how you're going to make it. But I've come to preach to young people tonight. I've come to tell you now is not the time to let go. Now's not the time to trade the gospel for something phony, something fake. Now is the time to stand on your feet in the face of the enemy and say, I refuse to let go. Deuteronomy 33 and 25, thy shoes shall be iron and brass as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Psalm 138 verse 3, in the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Isaiah 40 and verse 29, he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Oh, hallelujah. I've come to tell every weary young lady, every weary young man, now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to surrender. Now is not the time to pack up. Now is not the time to retreat. Now is the time to allow the Holy Ghost to strengthen you. Now is the time to allow the anointing to embolden you. First Peter 5 and 10, but the God of all grace who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that ye have suffered a while, 
make you perfect, make you established, strengthen, settle you. I want to tell you tonight, you just keep on fighting. You keep on living for God. You keep on standing. And God will firm your steps. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. He will settle you. I like this scripture on this wise, 40 and 31 of Isaiah. But those who wait for the Lord's help find renewed strength. They rise up as if they had eagle's wings. They run without growing weary. They walk without getting tired. What are you talking about, preacher? How is that possible? I want to tell you, you, when you get the Holy Ghost inside of you, when you get the anointing of God inside of you, I want you to know something happens. Even in a moment of weariness, even when you feel you can't go on, God knows how to make your hand cleave to the sword. I wondered, driving here today with Brother Jackson, if we were to get pulled over, what would happen? That police officer discovered this sword. But thank God we didn't get pulled over. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says his hand clave to the sword. I'm not making stuff up. I'm not trying to read something that's not there. I've come to tell somebody in this house tonight, God can do the miraculous in your life. You may grow weary, the sword may grow heavy, but God can make it cleave to your hand. He can solder your hand to the sword. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't back down. You've got the word of God. Hallelujah. It's in days like today that it is imperative that apostolic young people get a hold, get a good grip on this thing. You can't turn the gospel loose. You can't turn the truth loose. you got to hold on to oneness of the Godhead. You've got to hold on to Jesus' name, baptism. You've got to hold on to holiness living. Oh, I understand. I understand. I understand people are trying to find a new way. They're looking for a new sword. They're looking for a new method. But I've come to tell somebody tonight, you just hold on to the sword and God will do great things. Let me tell you tonight, the intensity of the battle marks the degree of grip on the weapon. If you're not fighting very hard, you're not going to hold on very hard. If you're a little unsure about all this, you're not going to be too sure about how you hold this thing. 
That's the reason young people need to get the precious word of God in their heart. That's why you need to get the revelation for yourself. It doesn't need to be your grandparents' religion. It doesn't need to be your pastor's religion. It doesn't need to be your family's religion. It needs to be your faith. Come on, somebody, praise God. Somebody shout. Come on. Somebody lift their voice. Somebody shout with a great shout. Woo! I don't know what you came to do tonight. I came to have church. I came to have the anointing of God moving in my life. I'm not come to play games. I didn't come for you to look at me or you to judge how good I preach. I've come to preach the Holy Ghost in this place. I've come to tell a young man, you can make it. I've come to tell a young lady, you can make it. Whatever you do, don't let go. Whatever you do, don't let go. Don't let go. Come on, turn to a neighbor and say, don't let go. Whatever you do, don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go. There are some people who cannot understand the intensity with which some people live out their lives. You're too, you're too radical, Brother Hare. You're too fanatical. You're too straight. You're, 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 you're too traditional. You don't understand. I understand what a great battle we're in. I'm going to live life with intensity. I'm not going to be laid back about this truth. I'm not going to be passive about this Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. There's some things I refuse to relinquish. I'm sorry. The Philistines may be staring their, down their nose at me. They may have amassed a great army. The others may have fled in fear. But this thing's too precious. Oh, shaya. I've got a mother on the other side. I've got grandparents on the other side. I refuse to let go. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. You're not driving me away. I'm not letting go of his word. I'm going to hold on to his word. I'm going to believe his word. I'm going to receive his word. I'm going to speak his word. I'm going to preach his word. I'm going to share his word. Hallelujah. I'm not letting go of his anointing. I'm not trading his anointing for something that's lighter, something that's shinier, something, oh, hallelujah, that's superficial. I am going to hold on to his anointing. Hallelujah. 
I'm not letting go of his power, Brother Hare. I'm not letting go of his power. I still believe in the wonder-working power of the blood. I still believe there's power in the name of Jesus. I still believe demons tremble and shake when they hear the sound of the name. Ephesians chapter 6, some of my most favorite verses of Scripture in the New Testament. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Stand having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Oh, I hope tonight before we leave this place there'll be young people arise and they'll say, I am going to hold on. I refuse to let go. And when I get weary, I'm just going to let God, I'm going to let God solder my hand to this sword because I, the option of quitting is not there. The option of turning back is not there. The option of waving the white flag, it's not there. Oh yeah, everything else feels good in our hand. Everything else feels good in our hand. The fishing pole, the golf club. Oh yeah, the deer rifle, the bicycle. <laughs> Hallelujah for me. All the other stuff, it feels good in our hand. But I wanna tell you tonight, the only way you're gonna win the battle. Let me give you a secret. The only way you're gonna make it is if you hold on. Let me tell you, your charming personality, your little hairdo, it's not going to keep you. And the sad thing is, even the strong church maybe you're a member of, it can't keep you either. The only way you're going to make it is you say, I refuse to let go. music you can be seated born in 1828 in Brewer, Maine Brother Townley an icon of the Civil War was born his name was Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain he is best known for his heroic participation in the battle of Gettysburg now, I understand I'm in the deep south. Now, I also understand that Little Rock, Arkansas is in the south. 
okay? But this is not about the South. In fact, contrary to what most people will tell you, the South had all the ammunition. They had the soldiers. They had it all when it came for this battle. And it was the Union Army that was backed in a corner. Mr. Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain was just a school teacher from Brewer, Maine. He'd only been enlisted for about six months. Never led an army. Never, never had even been in any kind of infantry preparation, no academy, nothing. But because he was a learned man, because he had a degree, they promoted him. He showed signs of valor. They made him a, uh, a head of this special brigade uh, from the northeast. And on July the 2nd of 1863, Chamberlain was posted on the extreme left of the federal line at Little Round Top, just in time to face the Confederate General John B. Hood's attack on the Union flank. Exhausted after repulsing repeated assaults, the 20th Maine had run out of ammunition and they were there. And the Confederate army came up against them. They held them off the first assault, the second assault, the third assault. On the fourth assault, a bullet from one of the Confederate army's guns hit Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain right in the belt buckle. Must have been a mighty powerful belt buckle. Hit him in the belt buckle. He fell back. He thought he was dead. He looked around, felt there was no blood. He saw where the belt buckle had deflected the bullet and he got back up and took off. That was the fourth assault. By the fifth assault, his men had come and said, hey, we've run out of ammunition. He said, go to the dead. Get their guns. Get their ammunition. And the little guy said, hey, we've already done that on the last assault. We're out. And here comes the Confederate army charging up the hill. And this school teacher from Brewer, Maine, stands up on the peak of that fortress. He looks down at that mighty Confederate army charging up. And he tells his men, fix bayonets. One guy who wasn't any more skilled than him said, what does that mean? And the guy said, it means charge. And Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain and a few straggling 20th Maine soldiers fixed their bayonets and they ran down the side of that hill. And those Confederate soldiers were so confused, so surprised that they began to run the other way. And on that day, really the Civil War was over. Stand to your feet.
a man said, I am not giving up. Now we could stand here tonight and debate the Civil War for hours. Let's not do that. But let's take the lesson. And the lesson is this. There was a man that said, I am not giving up. In fact, his memoir is this. He said, I was a stubborn man. And that was my greatest advantage in the fight. I knew I may die, but I also knew I would not die with a bullet in my back. I want to tell you tonight, your greatest weapon against the devil is your attitude that says, I'm not letting go. I'm not giving up. You may knock me down a time or two, but you'll never shoot a bullet through my back because I'm not turning back. I'm not quitting. I'm not surrendering. I am going to win. I wonder if there's some young men, young women that say, I'm not letting go. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to keep holding on. No matter how intense the battle gets. No matter the heat from the army. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to press forward. I'm going to keep fighting. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, dedicate yourself to the battle. Dedicate yourself to the task. Come on, come on. Tell the devil, tell him, say, I'm not letting go. You won't win against me, Satan. I refuse to quit. Come on, come on, come on. Now's your opportunity. Come on, respond to the word of God. Come on, take up the charge. Take up the charge. Come on. Come on. The devil knows who to pounce on. He knows who to go after. It's the person that's not quite sure that the sword fits them. It's the person that's vacillating between two opinions. Come on, make up your mind. You can't do anything else but fight on or you will be destroyed. Come on. Come on, press your way through right now. Come on, before we end this youth rally, there ought to be hands in the air. There ought to be heads toward heaven shouting out, God, I'm not going to let go. I'm not turning back. I'm not quitting. I'm not, I'm not going to be defeated. There's not going to be a bullet in my pack. Come on, young man. Come on. They may be laughing at school. They may be making fun of you at school. You need to go ahead and get a grip on this thing. Come on, young lady. It may be a wayward parent. They're telling you you don't need to go to church anymore. You don't need to attend that Pentecostal church. You need to get a grip. You need to get a new determination. I'm not letting go. I'm not quitting. I'm not turning around. I'm not giving up. 
Come on. God wants to do a work in this place. Come on, God wants to do a work in this place. I'm committed to seeing you break through right now in the name of Jesus. I'm committed to seeing you touch God in the name of Jesus. Come on, press your way, press your way, press your way. God, I refuse to quit. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep standing. I'm going to pick the sword back up. Come on. The word says, be not weary in well-doing. Come on, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. You can make it. You can be victorious at the college campus. You can be victorious on the school campus. You can be victorious. Why don't you find somebody, pray with them. Find somebody, pray with them right now. Let's turn it into a prayer meeting. Let the Holy Ghost move. That's it, reach out and join with somebody. Oh, in the name of the Lord, give us strength to go on, Lord. To hold on. Hold fast to our profession of faith.
to the sword of the word of God got a renewed determination you're not going to let go tonight how many can just signify that with a raised hand you're not going to let go not going to let go not going to let go how many is grateful for the wonderful word of the Lord that the Lord gave through us tonight from brother Holmes praise God I know you've been encouraged and strengthened this has been old time church tonight. It's hot in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. And thank you for coming. Thank you for enduring the heat. Uh, I don't know what else we can do with this building. One of these days we're going to have another sanctuary. And uh, the Lord is going to bless us and enable us to build on that property that we have. And, uh, but next year, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about maybe adding an extra service next year so that we can justify going to that uh, Grand Marais. But we'll, we'll send out the flyers and we'll give you the invitation. And, uh, but uh, there's a great possibility we'll have at least two services next year and that Brother Holmes is coming back and some other preacher is going to be preaching. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. And so God bless you. Thank you for being here. All of the pastors, minister friends, wives and family, thank you for coming. We love you. The Townleys are so honored that you chose to worship with us tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Minister.